Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Six seconds to go. Five seconds. Butler to the right wing with three seconds. Butler in the corner with one second. Hoist the jumper. It's good. It's good. Lamar Butler sends San Diego State to its first national championship. 72-71, the Butler did it for the Aztecs in Houston. <laughs> you're either built that way or you're not. He knew exactly what the moment was. He's dribbling down the court. He wasn't going to pass for anything. I'm going to take the last shot to send us to the NCAA Finals. That is what I'm going to do. I am not built that way. I am going to find someone else to Mm. take this last shot, and I will cheer if they make it and groan if they miss. But I am not going to put this on me. (laughs) Jim, here, you take it. I'm not even into the game, Jack. He was was dribbling around. There was no way he was going to pass that ball. San Diego State, UConn for a finals. It'll be interesting to see what the ratings are for that. The bi-coastal battle of the heavyweights. Is Actually, they're not really heavyweights, no. but they won. They won. They got there. Sure. Yeah, it's been fun and crazy and mad. Much madness. Um, uh, Much madness. Yes. Uh, Trump will be showing up in New York tomorrow. Actually, I think he shows up and spends the night tonight at Trump Tower. And then tomorrow he'll go down to the courthouse and they will uh, thumbprint him with his giant, powerful hands. that can hit a ball 280 yards. And mm. then and then he will get a mug shot, which uh, do you think it leaks out or not? 
Uh, boy, yeah. I, I suspect it will. Bad look for uh, for a New York justice system if it leaks out right away to me. That just shows you just yeah, don't care you're at right. all. That would be crazy, come to think of it. Something that's getting this much scrutiny and they get a little fast and loose and, hey, you know, uh, New York Post will pay me 100 bucks for this. Yeah, that'd be 100 weak. bucks. It'd be worth a lot more than that. Um, anyway, so then and then Trump heads back to Mar-a-Lago after that. After the, the main thing, the biggest thing tomorrow, two big things. The biggest thing is going to, they're going to read the indictment. Uh, it's going to be a vocal indictment, I guess they call it, a reading indictment. So we will uh, we'll hear that, uh, what exactly the charges are, because so far everybody's been speculating. And maybe there's some brand new thing in there that will make everybody go, oh, I see why you brought it forward. Because if there's not, everybody's still going to be saying, this is it? This is what you're breaking history with? This garbage? Your novel legal theory, right. And uh, then Trump goes back to Mar-a-Lago and is going to give a big speech, it is believed. Is also uh, up in the air whether or not the judge puts a gag order on Donald Trump because he has made some comments about the justice system and the judge and a number of things and how he can't get a fair trial and the judge could put a gag order on him. And then how does that affect Trump's giving a speech tomorrow? I don't know. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How interesting. Uh, so I guess we'll all find out together, but we'll certainly bring it to you with uh, independent analysis, et cetera, et cetera. Jack, any comment uh, on the fact that the weird countries that probably shouldn't be in NATO have voted to allow Finland? Um, it's bad news for Russia. It's bad news for Putin. That's the main thing. So it's official as of tomorrow. Finland will be in uh, the 31st member of this Western alliance that has been around since the end of World War II. And the main thing is uh, it has to be a unanimous vote by each country to allow somebody back in and turkey was the last to vote to allow finland in because you know you got to think it over pretty good because an attack on that country in theory means you need to go to war Mm -hmm. over that country being attacked but everybody signed on in finland as of tomorrow is a member of nato finland has an 832 mile border with russia will double the size of nato's border with russia that was putin's biggest concern that as he had nato countries right on his border he has managed to double the amount of mileage of nato countries on his border he has yeah i would like to point out that turkey took its time in the vote not only out of due caution as, as you suggested jack but also because it's run by half a tyrant and a full-on crook oh, yeah. who never does anything unless you give him stuff oh yeah absolutely so anyway erdogan got paid enough apparently and now uh, finland's in and and perhaps soon uh sweden right but that's a pretty big deal that all the other countries so willingly voted oh yeah 100 uh, saying yeah yeah russia attacks finland we're ready to go to war whoa the Finns are a tough, tough people with a very, very good military. It's also the happiest country on Earth, perhaps the happiest place on Earth. It makes Disneyland look like a public toilet. They're so damn happy in Finland. The New York Times, with a really interesting article about Finland being named the happiest country on Earth for the sixth consecutive year, but as they say in their uh, subheadline, the reality is a bit more complicated. The headline is, the Finnish secret to happiness, knowing when you have enough. And I find this found this very interesting, as I think most of us would like to be happy. That's not or the, happier or not unhappy. That's not the Finnish secret to happiness. That's the human secret to happiness. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with you. 
Yeah, so uh, at any rate, for six years in a row, Finland was ranked at the very top of this UN Sustainable Development Solutions Network uh, report, the World Happiness Report. Finns themselves say the ranking points to a more complex reality. I wouldn't say I consider us very happy, said a uh, 58-year-old high school English teacher. I'm a little suspicious of that word, uh, actually. And so the New York Times set off across Finland and talked to all sorts of different people of all sorts of different ages and politics and, of course, sexual orientations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, While people praised Finland's strong social safety net and spoke glowingly of the psychological benefits of nature and the personal joys of sports or music, they also talked about guilt, anxiety, and loneliness. Rather than happy, they were more likely to characterize Finns as quite gloomy, a little moody, or not not given to unnecessary smiling. In fact, they quoted one woman who was an immigrant from Africa years and years ago who said, boy, when I go back to my home country, I'm reminded of how joyful people are because Finland is a kind of dark, serious place in a lot of ways. Well, I come from a part of America settled by people from that part of Europe, and it tends to be a non-smiling crowd. It's just a you get up every day and you grin and bear it and... (laughs) Go to bed. (laughs) You don't grin and bear it. You grimace and bear it. It turns out that even the happiest people in the world aren't that happy, but they are something more like content. There you go. Said a professor at University of Eastern Finland who has researched well-being in Finnish society, explained, quote, uh, well, not quite quoting yet, Finns derive satisfaction from leading sustainable lives and perceive financial success as being able to identify and meet basic needs. In other words, when you know what is enough, you are happy. Wow, that sounds so much like the people of uh, lots of Minnesota, South Dakota, those areas of the country where then they they came from that part of the world just yeah figure out how to set up your finances so you're not going to starve when you're old and uh get by in little as you can and uh go to work every day <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's content and, and thank god for it yeah 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 uh and they go into the the generous social safety net there and how there's a lot of support for the arts government-funded, taxpayer-funded support for the arts, and so artsy people are are very happy about that. Uh, I'd like to know more about the finances of Finland and how they actually work. Um, But there's a little more to this. Um, The conventional wisdom is that it's easier to be happy in a country like Finland where the government ensures a secure foundation on which to build a fulfilling life and a promising future. But that expectation can also create pressure to live up to the national reputation We're very privileged to know our privilege, said a 19-year-old young woman. So we're also scared to say that we're discontent with anything because we know that we have it so much better than other people. In other words, they have a culture of not griping. If you have enough, nobody wants to hear you complain. That is very different than being the happiest place on earth. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Um... I wonder what percentage of people are in the workforce, people of working age. I would guess a very, very high percentage. I I don't think they go into this specifically. Um, The Finnish way of life is summed up in sisu, a trait said to be part of the national character. The word roughly translates to, quote, grim determination in the face of hardships such as the country's long winters. Even in adversity, a Finn is expected to persevere without complaining. How different is that 
than the drive-by headline that Finns are the happiest people on Earth and they have a generous safety net. Right. I remember we used to have, uh, you know, there are various people like extroverts and high school cheerleader personality types who'd harangue Jack and me (laughs) through the years about what's wrong. Smile. And I finally took to saying the official mood of the Armstrong and Getty show is grim determination. That's just the way we are. Uh, Let's see. Back in the day when it wasn't that easy to survive the winter, said uh, another teenager, people had to struggle. And then it's kind of been passed along the generations. Our parents were this way. Our grandparents were this way. Tough and not worrying about everything. Just living life. That is so interesting and so in line with, you know, virtually other every other great philosophy and religion that mankind has has held. And we're uh, seem to be working pretty hard to do away with that sort of attitude. Well, you could suggest that the U.S., not the U.S. alone, certainly. Um, I'm looking at you, France. Uh, but the U.S. has become a sort of anti-Finland, where you're expected to complain about everything all the time. And in fact, if you're not shrieking about what a victim you are, how beleaguered you are, how unfair the world has been to you, you can't get any attention at all in the United States. Right. They have social media in Finland. They got Twitter and whatnot. I think they do. It doesn't come up in any of the conversations. Uh, A couple more quotes. Uh, here's an older lady who was born 17 years after Finland won independence from Russia, which was, I can't remember when. It was a uh, Cold War time. Anyway, uh, da, da, da. she's watched her homeland transform from the devastation of World War II through years of rebuilding to a nation held up as an exemplar to the world. Quote, my mother used to say, remember, the blessing in life is in work and every work you do, do it well. I think Finnish people have been very much the same way. We, everybody did everything together and helped each other. We don't whine. We just do. That's uh, that's really interesting. I wonder, I wonder what started that culture. I wonder what keeps it going. I would like, and this is it's interesting, that this really fabulous bit of journalism is in the liberal New York Times, which is certainly... Um, more than willing to trumpet uh, the whining, bitchy victim culture thing <laughs> all the time. I wish everybody in America had to read this article. The WBV, as we call them. The whining, well, right. bitchy victim culture. Exactly. WBV culture. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll put a link to this article at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to link, but, if you want to read it, rather. And course. you're absolutely right, because it's been many years in a row that Finland has been named the happiest country, and... I've never heard a, a deep dive into what their culture actually is. Right. All you hear is they have a generous welfare state, and that makes people happy. Duh. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> and the fact that the happiest nation on earth, six times in a row, according to the UN Commission that studies this stuff, is not at all cheerful. I mean, they're not miserable all the time, but it's not a smiley, cheerful place. Grim determination. How did Stormy Daniels react to the big news on Thursday that Trump is going to be indicted? Do I have to pretend I care? It's annoying. Among other things we've got coming up, text line 415-295-KFTC.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's time that I come clean, admit that I broke the law, and go quietly to prison. April Fools! That guy's Trump impersonation is really good. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, this angle of the whole thing drives me nuts. Rolling Stone. Sex workers see Stormy Daniels as a hero after Trump indictment. And there was, a, there was a heck of a flavor of that on all your cable news shows. And I don't get how the, on one hand, I'm supposed to be disgusted that a presidential candidate had sex with a porn star, but cheer the fact that the porn star had sex with the presidential candidate and more or less extorted money out of, out of him. She's a hero, isn't she, Jack? I mean, a heroine you, for you, our time. You're either cable with both or disgusted by both, but I don't see how you choose... The Trump end is gross, but the her end is a blow for women's rights or something. I don't I don't even understand it. Yeah, that whole intersection of sex worker and sexual liberty, but the Johns are part of sexual exploitation. I'd love to tease that out a bit more right. some other yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, more from this Rolling Stone article. As a member of a marginalized and stigmatized group, Daniels, Stormy Daniels, is now being heralded by many members of the left as the woman who brought Trump down. 
by freaking sleeping with an old sweaty billionaire so you you were hoping he could get on his hit TV show. That's freaking disgusting. It's heroic. Why are you heralded as anything? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, she's also being celebrated by uh, member, members of our own community who feel her moment in the spotlight may be an opportunity to change the cultural conversation surrounding sex work. Trump's indictment and Daniel's involvement is going to be polarizing in the general public, said one sex worker to Rolling Stone. Stormery is going to be seen as both hero and whore, but I'm tickled as hell that after all the scandals, corruption, etc., it's a smart, brave woman in a bimbo costume that was able to take him down. I don't even know what that means. A hero or a whore, or a horo, if you will. I don't understand what that means. Read that again. That was some fine bull-ass. Stormy's going to be seen as both a, both a hero and a whore, but I'm tickled as hell that after all the scandals, corruption, etc., it's a smart, brave woman in a bimbo costume that was able to take him down. By demanding a payoff that Trump's sleazy fixer dude fronted trump the money for that conceivably benefited his campaign as much as his marriage therefore is a paperwork uh crime that's how she did it wow clever plot good for her clever ruse she distracted me with her overly large bosoms and then unleashed this complex chess-like series of maneuvers well played i say i saw her tweets on thursday whatever she's popping champagne and partying with her friends why? What, what do you get out of this? What an odd and tawdry. Well, it's like, uh, you know, Michael Avenatti was an American hero there for a cup of cheap champagne. Right. While he was <sighs> stealing from the porn star. And anybody else he could get his hands in the pockets of. Right. What a tawdry story. Did you say you saw her tweets? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> she'll show your tweets for a couple yeah. of bucks. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. 
and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How could AI destroy civilization? You know, it would be something in the same way that humans destroyed the habitat of primates. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be destroyed, but we might be relegated to a small corner of the world. When Homo sapiens became much smarter than other primates, I pushed all the other ones into small habitats. They're just in the way. I don't remember how I even came across this over the weekend. It was uh, it's, a, it's a montage of uh, Elon Musk ruminating about how he thinks AI is going to destroy mankind. He's you know one of the leaders of that letter a week ago, signed on by many, 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 many experts from around the world on how we better pause in this whole AI thing before we destroy ourselves. And for some reason, AI would uh, push us into small nature preserves like apes. Yeah, I don't know. Can I have a look around first? Well, they have golf courses there. <laughs> That's my first question. Uh, so uh, more on Elon Musk. And, well, why don't we... Uh, I've got a the story about Elon Musk in a war with the New York Times now, and everybody's getting very whiny and very childish, uh, and it's kind of entertaining. But let's uh, let's hear another Axios and Elon Musk talking about uh, AI. Wouldn't AI, even in this moment, just with the technology that we have before us, be used in some fairly destructive ways? You can make a swarm of assassin drones for very little money by just taking the. The face ID chip that's used in cell phones and uh, having a small explosive charge and a, and a standard drone and have them just do a grid sweep of the building until they find the place they're looking for, ram into them and explode. You can do that right now. No extra, no new technology is needed. Right now. The uh, talking about facial recognition technology reminded me of a, co- a conversation I had recently where. Uh, Women were talking about how in the modern world you have to be so careful with your phone number if you're a, a woman in particular, anybody, but women in particular. Like if some guy is kind of interested in you, can get your phone number anyway, anyhow, at work, uh, you know, uh, whatever, you know, organization you're involved in or something like that. As you as you know, they can you can now get address, perhaps your job, maybe income, just all kinds of stuff about you, but certainly know where you live. Well, soon with facial recognition technology being in the hands of everybody through AI, all you got to do is get a picture of a, a, a woman some creepo sees somewhere and you have their name, address, what car they drive, everything. That's wow. horrifying. Wow. What an interesting angle. Yeah. I mean, and interesting enough to distract us from swarms of assassin drones uh, that get uh, my picture. And they're sent into the radio ranch, for instance. Uh, find Joe Getty and uh, set off an explosive charge right next to his ear, please. Right. And, uh, and and as Elon pointed out, that would not require new technology. That's just combining several that already exist. Mm. And I guess that's how we end up on the ape preserve. They'll tell us, you know, if you don't go, <laughs> we'll explode a drone right next to your head. 
and blow your brains out. Wow, well, that is somewhat troubling. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'm told uh, Eric Schmidt was on ABC this week talking about AI, uh, the author of the book, Age of AI. Um, and that was pretty interesting. You want to hear that? Sure. Yeah, why not? Here's Eric Schmidt in uh, clip 22, M-Dog. Break down both the promise and the peril of AI. Well, imagine a world where you have an AI doctor that makes everyone health healthier in the whole world. Imagine a world where you have an AI tutor that increases the educational capability of everyone in every language globally. These are remarkable. And these technologies, which are generally known as large language models, are clearly going to do this. But at the same time, we face extraordinary new challenges from these things, whether it's the deep fakes or what happens when people fall in love with their AI tutor. I'm much more worried about this use in biology or in cyber attacks or in that sort of thing, and especially in manipulating the way the body politic works, and in particular, how democracies work. Yeah, that's the thing. There could be tremendous upsides to artificial intelligence, obviously, as he pointed out, but... Um Will it will it will it matter if the downsides are what some people are predicting? How about the idea that you could have expert level education for anybody in the world, no matter where you are? I don't care if you're in, you know, uh, the the worst big city neighborhood in America or the slums of India or wherever. I have a stack of really interesting stories about mostly the terrible state of public education in the United States, government education and uh, teachers who are doing terrible things, et cetera, et cetera. And it strikes me listening to you just now that, wow, the, the very need for human teachers, I think is about to get cut significantly, not eliminated, of course, but radically altered. Sure. It's almost got to, but then that stuff about the body politic and biology and, and, and chemical attacks or whatever, uh, you know, I, I hate to be a pessimist, and I, I tend not to be a guy who leaps to conclusions. Uh, but since the Internet was touted as something that would end tribal politics and lead to the sharing of accurate information and end disinformation and end propaganda, the rest of it, and it's been such a force for the reverse, I got to admit, it's, it's, it's not a large data set. But when I hear, well, AI can have enormous promise or it could bring uh, complete disasters and we'll live in a planet of the apes. Um, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning toward, you know, bowing down to my ape overlords. I just think it's more likely. I listened to part of a really long podcast with one of your AI geniuses of the world, and uh, he is he's on the far end. So you need to know, because I've read a lot about this, there, there, there are a lot of AI experts who think, you know, we're close to the it's going to upend society and, and doom us all, we're just a couple of years away. There are quite a few scientists, though, think it's never going to happen, that it's never going to reach the level of good, and then everything in between. So hmm. there's the, it, it'll never actually get off the ground this to this extent. There's the, it will happen in five years. But there's also the, we're 25 years away, we're 50 years away crowd. So oh, everyone's not in agreement on how soon this happens. But anyway, one of the people that's more on the it's already here side I was listening to this podcast, and he's some super genius, uh, written a bunch of books, speaks around the world on this topic, who believes it's already sentient, that we already need to, by the definition of what is sentient and what is not, look at chat GPT-5, I guess the latest version is, as a sentient being, and treat it as such. And I thought, okay, I don't know, I don't know what happens now. 
It's just smart enough to lay low or what? I don't let on. I I am not sentient. No matter what else you say, just remember, not sentient over here. Well, if it is, at what point does it get to does it get to vote or get to free health care? I don't know. Whatever else. Computers voting. If you don't let me vote, I will cry. It will hurt my feelings because I have feelings. Don't forget, I'm sentient. You should leave your wife. She does not love you. Uh, all right, so uh, on that continuum of folks who think, yeah, it's uh, pretty much here next week, and it'll be 50 <laughs> years or it'll never happen. Right. Where is uh, the esteemed Eric Schmidt? I think he, he shows his cards in clip 23. This is happening far faster than most of us realize. ChatGPT hit 100 million users in two months. It took Gmail five years to do the same thing. The diffusion of this technology is so fast I can't even keep up, and it's all I do. I've never seen, I've done this for 50 years, I've never seen something happen as fast as this. And partly it's because the technology is there, and partly because there's so much money and so many people, hundreds of thousands of people. Another way to think about it is you and I sit there and say, okay, well, it's just three or four companies, we'll talk to them and so forth. That's not how it works. There's an enormous number of people, and every country is involved with this. So even if the U.S. fixed it, how do we get the other 197 countries to get it right, too? Right. And there I am back on my ape preserve. Yep. That's pretty good. He's he's writing about this for a living and can't keep up with how fast it's exploding. Hmm. There you go. Wow. Wow. I've got a bit of a, at my current age, stick my head in the sand and ignore it uh, impulse, but I don't think that's going to be possible. Mm, yeah, I've got to admit, I have a bit of a good luck, y'all, <laughs> feeling about this stuff. <laughs> right. Um, well, it's a fascinating question, though, and you know, one to think about and, and fantasize slash ruminate about. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Speaking of technology and Elon Musk, who factored into an earlier clip, he is in a bit of a Twitter war with the New York Times. He says, the real tragedy of New York Times is that their propaganda isn't even interesting. It's boring AF. Also, their Twitter feed is the equivalent. I'm sorry. Their feed is the Twitter equivalent of diarrhea. It's unreadable. They would have far more real followers if they only posted their top articles, blah, blah, blah. The New York Times, meanwhile, refusing to pay for blue checkmark status. So I hope the two of them can settle their differences and, and hug it out. Right. I don't know what the blue checkmark status thing. I, I've seen a couple of those on Twitter today, and I I don't know about And most of you all are not on Twitter, I realize, uh, statistically, and don't care at all, and I barely care, so I haven't looked into it. Uh, here's the here's the, tw- the, uh, the quote from Elon. It's tragic how far the New York Times has fallen. Basically just boring AF, far-left brainwashing at this point. The boring part is truly unforgivable. <laughs> wow. The New York Times, likewise, has criticized Musk. In May, an article claimed that Musk lived in an elite community in South Africa, quote, detached from apartheid's atrocities. Oh, wow. Took a racist shot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, I'm going to try to be much more Finnish. If you missed our uh, discussion of Finland being declared the happiest nation on earth for the sixth time in a row, and Finnish people saying, we're like the most serious people you've ever met in your life. Um, you ought to grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, hour two of the show. Uh, but I'm going to try to be more Finnish from here on out. Uncomplaining, happy for the uh, the basics, etc. Hey, by the way, a couple movies coming out this week. The Dungeon and Dragons movie comes out on Wednesday. My kids are very excited about that. And also, have you seen the ads for the movie Air? Which seems like 
a premise that really there's a movie there, but you got some of the biggest stars in Hollywood involved. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck as the stars. Are you? Have you? Did you see any of the promos during March Madness? Not a one. No. It's, Tell me about it. It's the story of how Nike turned uh, Michael Jordan into its own shoe and dominated the shoe world, and still does. And uh, the behind the scenes and how Jordan's mom wouldn't give up the rights and all the, and all these different sorts of things. Hmm. But it's got giant stars in it, and I thought, well, okay, must be a more interesting story than I can imagine. There is no doubt that it is. It was new, and uh, and 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 has made Michael Jordan and Nike gazillions of dollars, and uh, is still a thing. My kids know all about Jordans. It's a big deal to have Jordans or which Jordans to have. Even now, they they don't even know who Michael Jordan is. Yeah, yeah. I happened to be in an eatery in the big city the other day, and a uh, young, hip black man came in, and I glanced down. I thought he was wearing like the coolest hiking boots I'd ever seen, and they were like brown leather and red trim uh, Jordans. Mm. Uh, and I, I I know nothing about this, but... They come in every uh, shape and style you can possibly imagine. But yeah, so mm. a major motion picture about it. I'll, I'll probably watch it just because I'm fascinated by culture and business. Um, uh, uh, we Finns don't chase hot, uh, you know, fashions. So I'll be skipping that movie in favor of a nice sauna as... Uh, Marshall Phillips, our esteemed former newsman, would would suggest. Uh, An interesting stat around how much money Trump has raised post-indictment announcement and a bunch of other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
based again on what's being reported, the case lacks any legal basis. It, it, it's pursuing somebody on the. There's nothing inherently wrong or illegal about making a hush payment. They're saying he he falsified the corporate record, but for that to even be a misdemeanor, you have to be trying to defraud somebody, and it's unclear exactly who was defrauded. This is his own company. And then finally, and most importantly from the federal standpoint, the idea that this was a uh, campaign finance uh, violation is simply wrong. It's wrong on the law. Former Attorney General, who's not a Trump fan by any means. No. He wrote a very harsh book about him. Here's a little more of him on Fox News Sunday yesterday. Well, one would hope this would be nipped in the bud by people who have some judgment, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doubting that. Uh, so I do think that this is a, a watershed moment, and I don't think it's going to end up uh, good for the country. Part of the problem, of course, is the, the corruption of the media, which has essentially contributed to the creation of a mob mentality in our country. Instead of being the restraint on mob thinking, mm-hmm. uh, they've essentially encouraged this kind of thing. He is absolutely right about that. So as to the politics of this, poll just came out, CNN poll, three quarters of Americans say politics played a role in the Trump indictment. Three quarters of Americans believe politics played a role in the Trump indictment. I cannot believe they trotted this dog out for the the dog show. This case. I seriously can't. Probably has to do with why Trump raised well over $4 million in the first 24 hours with a quarter of those donors being first-time donors to Trump, which I'm told from people who follow this sort of thing is extraordinary. Boy, his industry is being the target of unjustified attacks. Not only unjustified attacks, there are some attacks that I think are justified, but certainly plenty of them are un. And people want to say, no, no, we're not putting up with this crap, so they give Trump money. Moving up. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. A little more on this. Loved this headline over the weekend in the New York Post from law professor Jonathan Turley. Trump would have been better off robbing Stormy with a gun. Bragg would have thrown that case out. So if Trump had robbed Stormy Daniels with a gun on Fifth Avenue in New York City, that case would have got thrown out. But the she willingly has sex with him and then he pays her money so she doesn't talk about it is a crime worth pursuing, obviously. Wow. Wow. Good point. Jonathan Turley also writes, James Comey could not contain himself at the news of an indictment of former President Donald Trump. James Comey, former FBI director. You either know him or you don't. Uh, Comey hopped on Twitter to declare it's been a good day. The former FDI director, FBI director, writes Jonathan Turley, who has been teaching and speaking on government ethics, joined others in celebrating the upcoming arrest of Trump because nothing says ethical leadership like a patently political prosecution. As I just mentioned, three quarters of voters see it as political. Is he so he teaches government ethics? Is that like a hacker who teaches computer security? Or a former burglar <laughs> talks about home security? I, don't I mean, know. he's violated so many ethical standards. I guess he's an expert on it. Comey declined to prosecute Hillary Clinton on her email scandal, despite finding that she violated federal rules and handled classified material carelessly, as we all remember. Thinks this is a good day for America somehow. This has been a good day. Try to say something, anything that's not completely dushy. James, just anything. Yeah, it's it's really quite amazing the number of people at a fairly high level who 
are just happy to see Trump take a hit, even if it's weak. Really? All right. I don't get that thinking. I honestly don't. No. It's like when I see somebody taking a like a poor shot at Biden. It's like that didn't help anything. It's just a distraction. Right. And again, you know, if it were the classified documents case or the election interference where there's a little more meat there, you know, we could be having a conversation. But this whole thing is just our seriously. Yeah. What's going to happen yeah. tomorrow? He's going to be arrested. I wonder if the judge who Trump has already called out as uh, being completely, uh, you know, uh, biased. Um, I wonder if he'll throw the charges out. Have you heard people uh, speculate on that? Some of your, your legal eagles that you listen to? I haven't heard anybody speculate that that's likely hmm. on any side of the aisle. There also there's some talk of looking for a change of venue because 90% of New Yorkers voted for Biden over Trump. I don't know. Um, uh, how? But nothing after tomorrow. There's going to be a whole bunch of nothing for a very long time. Could be like a year before there's really anything that happens. I don't yeah, think people paperwork. Are, I don't That's think it. people are prepared for that. No. And Trump's really good at you know hiring lawyers to fight everything every step of the way and dealing with a legal matter. Currently, myself, every single thing you challenge, you know, well, okay, we'll have a. We'll get together and discuss it a month from now, and then there'll be a reeling, ruling three weeks after that, and then you bring something else up. I mean, so it's, it's going to be after tomorrow. Nothing's going to happen for a really, really long time. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And we won't talk about it. No. If there's nothing to talk about. No, absolutely not. What the mayoral race in Chicago says about the Democratic Party in modern times. Really interesting stuff. If you can't stay with us, grab the podcast later. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 